In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Welcome. We have quite a few new listeners for this episode, and I just want to kind of give a little sneak peek into some of the things we've talked about on this podcast before. If you have not gone to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash subscribe, you're going to get a very easy seven-day welcome package, so to speak, of just a couple of different themes. So there's the simple adventures that we're probably going to talk a lot about today. And then we have untourism, this idea of traveling differently. And then we also have lifestyle design. Those are kind of the pillars of Ordinary Sherpa. And today, I just love always kicking off a little story. This weekend, so we have three kids. And this past weekend, my two older kids had the opportunity to do a sleepover with a friend of theirs. And my youngest is kind of the odd duck out because he didn't have a friend to sleep over. And he was feeling pretty down and out. And I said, hey, buddy, like, what would it look like if you wanted to have just a special day with dad tomorrow? He goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to go camping tonight. And I was kind of like, oh, that's not just like a, okay, let's go camping. And then I looked at my husband. I was like, I think we can make that happen. <laughs> and my husband probably wanted to kill me, but we have this RV and it was very easy to actually just find, there's a state park about 30 minutes from our house. So I quick logged on to see if they had any campsites available. And I was like, honey, let's just say yes. Like, let's just do this. You can take your bikes tomorrow because this is a park that we like to bike at. And there's a place for fishing. Like these are things that would be super nourishing. And of course, you guys, this was at like six o'clock at night and they were going to go at actually, no, this was at like four o'clock in the afternoon. We were meeting up with our friends for dinner. And then once we got home, they were going to go camping. And it was so fun. I was so proud to say that we said yes to this. And it happened. My husband went and it just we had no reason to say no. And I think that sometimes we react because it doesn't seem logical. It doesn't seem real. It seems like a lot of work. So we just kind of inadvertently say no. And it was so fun to say yes and see my son's face light up and really have this connection, have this one-on-one -on -one time with my husband and feel like we were winning in that moment. So really happy to share that story with you. And these are kind of the things that I have been trying to nourish through this podcast. We just rounded out our first everyday adventure challenge. We had a summer, a 60 day summer challenge where we try to inspire people who register for this challenge to just get ideas of everyday adventures, things we can do, but then also give some tools or some feedback or some support so that adventure can be a more regular thing in your life. So that is, again, now we just wrapped up the summer one and I'm kicking off the fall one. So if you are interested in this challenge, it's going to run from September 5th to November 5th. And I do this for 60 days for a reason, partially because 
It really takes about 60 days to build a habit. You know, like if you think about the beginning of this year when you all pretend like we're going to go work out. Oh, some of you do that. I was just kidding. (laughs) Um, But usually by like week three, we all start falling apart, right? So 60 days gives you a long enough time that you can fall apart in there and we can get back together, you know, and there's a group of people that are all going through this experience at the same time. So if this sounds intriguing, come check it out. It is actually a lot of fun and there's no, I don't want to feel like it's a commitment. I know people have said like, oh, every day, like that's intense. That's that's aspirational. The goal is that you're more aware and you see these opportunities. You have some ideas in your back pocket. I teach you a lot of different ways just to come up with ideas and then support you through the process. And there's also some accountability built into this. So it's also fun because I'll check you up on you and this entire cohort of challengers, people participating in the challenge, also will do virtual meetups as well. So it's a really fun experience. I'd encourage you to head over to register, head to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash challenge. I'm in early registration phase, so it's only $30. The price goes up to $40 next week and registration closes the first weekend in September, September 4th, which is a Saturday this year. So Before we get into the crazy, before we get into the busy, I know many of us are already gearing up for back to school or have gone back to school. This is a really great way to stay intentional. And it's really simple, actually. It's it's simple, but it's not. So it's lifestyle design. It's simple adventures. It's all of those things to really help dip your toe into what could it look like to do a little bit more adventure as a family. I first met our guest today in the middle of a frazzled leadership moment when I was trying to figure out how am I going to keep track of all this stuff coming at me. I had participated in a training she led, and while the framework and content were game changers, I also was so intrigued. Her thoughtful, playful, and caring demeanor literally had me say out loud, can I be your friend? Like, I just wanted to spend time with her. So I'm so excited that Jennifer Bride is with us today. Jennifer has 15 years of experience in the space of organizing, time management, productivity, really just working with people to maximize time and soak up what matters most to them. Jennifer gets her fuel from the outdoors, sweating it out in a hot vinyasa class or snowboarding on the mountains. But most of all, those weekends with no plans at all, hanging at home with her husband and two wild boys. Jennifer, it is such an honor and a privilege to have you as a guest and share your superpowers with all of my listeners. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Yay. Thanks, Heidi. Yeah. So one of the reasons I invited you on the show was because you're like my master in terms of figuring out how to keep my time intentional and keep space in my schedule. One of the things I hear from moms in particular, but like parents is just, I'm so busy. And if I could say like what the buzzword is and the reason they don't connect through adventure, it's because they're busy. When you think about that, like what comes to mind? What are some of the reasons or some of the ways we can address the busyness in our life? Yeah, it kind of kills my heart because I hear that all of the time too. And it's sort of like what's in the busy. And if we're saying it as a, I'm so busy, then okay, what's up with that? And driving that. I think when we hear it from moms, and maybe this is me projecting, but is are we so busy or are we so bloody drained that even when we do have spare hours or a moment here that we're just 
couch potatoes or we're zoning out on social media, or we just don't have that oomph, that bandwidth to propel us forward into an adventure, into something new, something fun, something more present and delightful in that moment. Really though, yeah, I think we all just have way too much going on and it is funny to be having this conversation coming through if that's what's actually happening, but through the past, you know, year and a couple months here, but of of a lot of maybe more unstructured time. Yeah. I fear we just have like severe cases of FOMO and it might not even be fear of missing out, but fear of hurting someone's feelings, fear of how we'll be perceived in the neighborhood or with the school board or with our in-laws or direct family, right? Like Mm -hmm. what is underneath? Just saying yes. I think to ramble a second longer on that too is what the heck are we saying yes to? If it is something that's going to give us this wonderful return on our investment of time, then like, heck yeah, go all in. So if I'm busy, but it's busy with stuff that's fueling me with joy and connection and, you know, memories, then right on. But again, Heidi, the way you even said it, it's like, it's not coming off like that. It's a, I'm so busy. I'm just maxed. Yeah. It almost feels like it's a crutch, you know, like, oh, I'm busy, you know, and I almost feel like personally speaking, when I first met you, I was wearing busy as a badge of honor. Like I thought that meant I was a good mom or I was a good leader or if my schedule was full, that was a good sign. And now I have like almost the exact opposite feeling where I'm like, no, I need white space in my calendar to actually live into the mom I want to be, because if I don't have that space, then I'm not able to connect with my kids when they need me. Or, you know, I think it's it's been so fascinating. My journey with you is because I feel like I'm almost the opposite person that I was when we first met. Oh my gosh. I, I wish that for the world in some ways, because I don't know why I just quickly drill into like, why would that be our badge of honor? But I've totally caught myself doing that too. The white space is to me where the magic happens. That's where the spontaneity happens. That's where we can drop into whatever's showing up and actually be in it. And I think that that is uncomfortable sometimes. Like I found myself uncomfortable. We were going to just drop something off at my parent-in-law's. This was about a month ago. And of course, like we'd say hello and hang for an hour. But what showed up was this opportunity to basically take down a framed bedroom just to describe it simply. Like if you literally picture just the wood beams of a bedroom and I'm cutting the story short into what my um, incredibly creative father-in-law had put together, but we had this chance to take it all down. So there my boys are five and six and with power drills and we are working together, taking these massive beams down and they're getting such a kick of standing dangerously at the top of a ladder and taking these wood beams down and making sure, okay, do you have that honey on that end to bring this thing down? It was helpful. It was a brand new experience and it took quite a few hours that I was not expecting to take in my little, you know, weekend. But thankfully I noticed like, thank God I didn't have a bunch of other stuff stacked up or I would have been in a inner state of anxiety. Honestly, like we can't be here. We need to get out of here or, okay, you had the chance to run the drill twice. Let's get going on to the next thing. Because there was that space, I just, we all got to just be in it. Anyway, made for great memory. Yeah, I think that's a perfect story. It just gives you the example of if I had been stacked back to back to back with all these other responsibilities, I wouldn't have said yes. You know, that would have been like a pain point for me. I have all these other things to do and now I'm here, you know, rather than enjoying the moment. I think there's a little carpe diem in this, you know, like I can just seize the moment and 
find the connection in this opportunity as opposed to it being a burden. When you think about all of the stuff coming at people just mentally, right? There's like social media and the news. And you mentioned before the perceptions of your in-laws or your family or your friends and that fear of missing out. Like how do people just begin? I mean, you have a background in helping people organize. Where do you start with people who are just feeling so overwhelmed with all of the noise of what's coming at them? Yes. I always start with the brain, with their head first, right? So even if if it's the calendar, if it's physically their space, can't even open a drawer, so jammed with stuff, like whatever the surfacey issue is, we have to start with the brain and not just the to-do list. I think that's sort of surface level one is, okay, just get some stuff out of your head. What are you thinking about? What's in there? But then double clicking into what are what else? Like what are the open loops? What are the decisions that you need to make? What are you wondering about? What are you fearing? My own hubby, who such an awesome dude, but hardworking man, COVID hit him hard on many levels with that of like, this is hard and I don't want to be in this hard space. And anyway, I only tell that because about a month in to, so call it April-ish last year, 2020, he had this notebook with him and I saw him with it for maybe two days. I'm like, hun, what's that? And he said, I'm just journaling. Like I, I have to get this stuff out of my head. I'm just, I've started writing. I'm like, what? You? And anyone who knows him, that's kind of weird for a guy like him. Yes. So getting out the open loops and the noise and the decisions, take that breath. There's something so powerful when we can start to see the swirlings that were inside of us. There's something empowering then that we can go, okay. I mean, I think sometimes it wasn't the stuff. It's how we felt about it. It's like, okay, maybe that's not so bad. Or, oh, shoot, these two things, if I could just cross those off or figure out what I'm doing here then, you know, and I think that creates space. It creates momentum for us to start to think more clearly, to even figure out what is the best next step, what I want to say yes to versus reacting. And like, sorry to go off one more second on this, but I think we're so full that we just react. We react to that third invitation on the weekend and just go, yes, because we either don't have the bandwidth to have an uncomfortable conversation to say, no, you know, that's a no. (laughs) Here's why. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even with our kids, when our kids come to us with crazy ideas, like if we're so max, it's just easier to just go like, no, later, give me two minutes, you know, the normal stuff. So we just get that crap out of us, create some space. Yeah, you gave me the term, I think, brain dump, like just throw it out there and whatever you need. (laughs) The process is so lifting, like you can feel the weight coming off of your shoulders when you just literally put it down sometimes on paper. And for me, it's not always a to do list. Like you said, even just the thought of like writing something down and expressing like, well, that's not really as bad as it was in my head. I made it kind of like tied up all these emotions into it. Yes, exactly. And, and if we don't take the four minutes to brain dump it out, we've got the emotions tangled up and we might not be able to figure out why or what, or, you know, why am I so edgy and snappish or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever might be going on. So yeah, that's exactly right. You also help people understand though, too, that just what is important to them. I think in that process, as we were talking, I've done a lot of work in really defining what brings me joy and leaning into that in this time frame And I think that's also another thing you had mentioned earlier. I, I learned, I think it was Brene Brown. I don't remember. I think she said something like, if you can't say hell yes, you better start saying no, because your no is going to give your yes so much more power. And when I heard you say like, what are you saying yes to? Like part of me goes, and the opposite is, what are you saying hell no to? <laughs> you know, like. 
Yes. That's it. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. I think she says it's so that is motivating to hear it that way. But I also think sometimes it really is a hard call. It's like, I really do want to go down two hours away and see my family for the weekend. Cause it's been a few weekends and I've got, you know, a heck of a lot of possibilities up here to either make memories or just decompress and fill my own bucket back up before I hit another week running versus, right? So it's not always that it's a hell no, it's just shoot, you know? And, And when we can come back to that higher level of like, what do I really, Yeah. like, what am I really creating? What am I really after? What do I really want to experience here? That can bring me back. I had a funny moment last week. I had someone on my team and she said it totally out of love. We were connecting. She was helping me um, just prep before kicking off a session. And she said, man, I was just saying, does Jen even work here anymore? And it was this moment where I was like gulp and potential like, oh gosh, well, let me tell you what's been going on. And And, you know, I giggled and technically I think that's validating because at the start of this year, I had some very uncomfortable conversations to say, I need more space in my schedule. I've got, you know, homeschool, like full-blown homeschooling with curriculum, ADHD diagnosed kindergartner over here and, 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 right? So I would rather she be the one looking at me as sweetly as she did to crack that joke than my own son, right? Saying, mm-hmm. does mom, is mom even my mom or what? And I know it's not easy. And I know there's always this tension between working parents and so on, but it's, yeah. No, but that, I think that's the perfect, like, that is what I relate to. You know, I can understand. Well, and you can talk out the ones. So the ones that aren't hell yeses or hell noes, then we can talk those out. Like I had an opportunity to not too long ago. So a lot of people know, you know, I'm starting this podcast. I'm still a working mom. I've got a lot of responsibility at work and my husband and I are trying to figure out like summer plans and where we want to go. And he wants to kind of figure out his future path forward and what really drives him and what's on his dream list. Like, so there's all these like things that are bubbling up. And I had an opportunity to join this coaching group and I mentioned it to him. I'm like, it's a pretty significant investment. I'm not a hell yes or a hell no. So what do you think? And he actually, it was him and I talking it out together because sometimes I can't even think rationally at a point. Like I need someone else to help me even ask the questions or talk it out to figure out, is this really in alignment with what we're trying to accomplish as a family or as a mom? And so having someone else help you gain clarity can also be a nice fresh eyes kind of into the perspective of what is actually beneath this. A million percent. And I, I love that. And I think if we could all recognize like what, when we're sort of at a crossroads, whether we're feeling stuck or we're wanting to take a leap or somewhere in between to be able to out loud process that stuff. Like, again, it's getting it out of ourselves can be so powerful. And I think we need to recognize that right away, right? So you're facing this opportunity of this coaching program. And it's like, I need to talk this one out. Sometimes we just make decisions in our head or we get, you know, just hold that angst inside. And I think knowing what is that, but see for someone else, it might be like, I don't need to talk it out loud. I need to go for a walk with my dog, or I need to rock out to music for 20 minutes and not think about anything else. Mm -hmm. My brother says the only thing that helps him get out of his head is he's not an out loud processor. He goes and he shoots clay pigeons, but that is his thing and he knows it. And so how powerful for him to have his medicine when he needs that shift. 
that clarity. So how do you help people when they're kind of stuck in these places, like even understand what are their values? Like, I don't know what my thing is to help me pound out this idea or get this out of my head. How do you suggest people start even like identifying what do I want to be or what are the values that I'm leaning into or what are the things that give me energy? How do you even start? Oh my gosh. It's a fun question because I think there's many avenues to sort of suck that stuff out, like get that out. You know, first of all, I think just going in a dark closet with a notebook, and I'm just joking on that, but right, we're a space where we can just get in that corner and in a quiet space. Sounds cliche, but I really think that matters. And ask ourselves the question, you know, in my wildest dreams, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? What do I want to experience? What do I want to feel? And then do not shut up on if you're writing or typing or whatever, however you're getting that out of you, do not shut up for a while and take away the constraints, forget time, forget money. And don't just take the first few things. We're all going to say, we want to go and have a vacation here. And I want people to be, I mean, I'm getting sassy in my voice, right? But there's stuff way buried, I believe, that we all have. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go and become an ice skater. Side note, when I was little, I was like, I want to be an ice skater. Now, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. grew up in Tucson. 100-degree summer is like not going to happen. But there's something about the dancing and the movement, which is why I'm guessing that yoga is so freeing for me. But side note there, right? Just get out, take out the constraints. I think another one is the five years from now question. Mm-hmm. And I think you can also take that, you know, sorry. So saying five years from now, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want to feel? Yes, the feely question, ladies and gentlemen, because I, I think there is just the first level of stuff that's going to come out is maybe not what's really driving the more surfacey things. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but. It does. Okay. So I should maybe confess because I think this was a game changer for me. This was another game changer for me in working with you was that I thought I was striving towards something. I didn't know what I was striving necessarily towards. And when you gave me the five-year question, my answer was, I want every day to feel like vacation. Mm. But when you really unpack that, it wasn't about necessarily the travel. It's actually what started this podcast, quite honestly. And all like if I'm being real right now, it was the fact that like what I love about vacation was that I could turn off the other stuff. I could spend time with my family and we were often adventuring. Mm. Well, that doesn't have to be travel, right? And it doesn't have to be 40 hours a week away from home. What if home was my vacation? What, you know, like it really got me thinking differently about like, what if we were just having vacation like experiences in our own backyard? I think that question of what do you want your life to be like in five years and how do you feel? What does it look like? How do you know all of those things when we started whittling back the layers of the onion travels awesome and I can't wait to do more of it. (laughs) But that's not the end all like that wasn't the end game. That's like maybe a means to an experience. But the experience was the end game for us. Mm. Sorry. That like, yeah, (laughs) no, why? That warms up my eyeballs. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Right. That's. That's it. But we also have to take the stinking time and visit that question. And it's to get to that because that will inform those micro decisions in the day to day. That's going to inform when we say yes and when we say no. And like you said, you know, just in that is just sort of, again, drilling into what's underneath what I'm saying I want. And I think a lot of us would find it's all 
not only possible, but quite likely happening as we're breathing in a lot of moments when we're present enough to soak it up. You mentioned a phrase earlier too, and I want to come back to that a little bit because you said, are they saying yes or are they just so stinking drained? You know, like we're so exhausted. (laughs) Oh, talk about energy building. What are the bucket kind of strategies that you know, you explore or that you've used or you've coached people on to really find what are, how do you kind of re-energize yourself? Oh my gosh. What a great question. I'm laughing that you're asking me because as I was sort of gathering my thoughts for this conversation, I started to go, am I exhausted? Because so much of what I was finding myself feeling fierce about as far as making space is like keeping our buckets full, is recharging the gas tank And I think part of that is because I want people to get that it's not time that we are short on. You, there is, there is time. We've got little windows of evening after dinner with the kids. What happens in that little maybe half an hour or 45 minutes, depending on age of kids or whatever, before bedtime? Like there's a real cool little opportunity maybe right there. Maybe I'm speaking for myself or projecting, but often that is when I'm done. Mm -hmm. I am like, Oh, go do whatever. And then I'll let you know it's time to brush your teeth. Like, adios. Um, I'm out of gas. So first of all, again, just recognizing that and maybe recognizing what are your habit patterns in this. So for me, and I'll circle back to your question. I think I'm going off a little bit, but like, I think that I kind of can run at a pretty brisk pace that then I crash. Like I'll go, go, go. And then I crash. So August, 2020, I had to check myself into a hotel, which was glorious and kind of a sad bummer, right? Like, and that sounds more dramatic. It was fun, but I went by myself to just recharge because I didn't know how else I could fully replenish what I could just tell. I I was doing my normal go-tos, which I'll, I'll get to in a second, but it's like, it wasn't helping. It wasn't working, you know? So there's sort of this point of like, Ooh, we got to go to a different set of tools here. What the heck? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I just would want anyone listening to this to just pause and think, what are those micro exchanges or those micro moments that do give you a little boost? So they can be as small as that little part of your drive where there's an extra thick batch of green trees that just, you it reminds you of back home. It reminds you of your favorite vacation that you took a couple years ago. I don't know. Conversations with certain friends. So for me, I've got like a life rule. When Mooch calls, that's Aaron Girl in my life, bestie since we were little, I always answer. I don't care what's going on because it will be a boost. Even if I feel like I do not have time or in five minutes, I, you know, I've got to go take care of something. I answer that call because that is a micro burst of joy for me every time, hands down. For me, meals around a table with my family are just the sweetest things. And I know that, you know, that I think many of us know that and can relate to that or aim for that. But I I can be in a grumpy mood and exhausted mood. I can be short on time and I darn it will make that extra effort to get us around a table because I know that that is like a quick investment even in feeling more vibrant, more awake and alive and present in my life afterwards. No, those are great. I think you've identified a couple of non-negotiables too for you. Like this is my non-negotiable is like, I still want to put my kids to bed Mm -hmm. every single night. And my middle schooler is not so excited about this anymore, but I still like come in and crack jokes and tease him and stuff because it's so rare in our daily schedules that I get one-on-one time, even if it's five minutes. 
I rarely get one-on-one time with each of my kids. And so for me, regardless of how exhausted I am and how much energy, you know, how much gas is out of the tank and I'm running on E, I'm like, I can spare five minutes because these five minutes are going to be worth every ounce of the energy that I'm going to need at nine o'clock tonight. You know, so I I tend to come to life at nine o'clock at night, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my, you know, my drain the tank is usually at like 430 when the kids all get home and I'm done with work and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's when you have to be on. It's like, oh, crappy hour is real. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I think that just honesty around what are the, the little micro moments that can fill your tank and then recognizing when, like you said, the micro moments aren't working anymore. What's the next set of tools? You know, what is the hydro boost then that's going to help you through that? And maybe, you know, maybe it's checking yourself into a hotel, like you said, or a, a night out with friends or something, but recognizing when those micro moments, there's a lot of awareness building, I think, in this process. I feel like that is sort of the theme is awareness, self-awareness and just being present enough to be conscious in, in it, in it, being life in it, being with our kids in this very call, like in the moment that we are driving from A to B, just to be in it, be where our feet are. I think that is what will kind of carry us through and then make the journey and the adventures so much more joyful and worth it. Yeah, I see. You know, I think I get a question every once in a while, too, about like screen time and what are my theories around screen time? And, you know, it's interesting because I do have a pretty hard stance on that. You know, I I do tend to limit my kids to maybe 20 minutes a day. You know, we don't have phones or anything like that for the kids. And so I am a little bit of a stickler in that. But then I also have found that I don't always check myself at with the same standards. And so I think that also has been interesting, too, is like, what is your what is your detox mechanism? Do you find that true to be just, you know, like you get into those conscious states versus unconscious states? Like how do people even find out or recognize when they're in this unconscious state and what do they do about it? I, <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I, we need like a little gremlin to pop out of the phone and be like, wake up, you've been scrolling for 27 minutes and you're saying, you know, that you... Well, oh, to that end, actually, I have put, and I didn't mean for to us to drive this, but I did. I do have timers on my phone. So like if I'm on Instagram, I get a notice if I've been on Instagram for 30 minutes that I need to get off or, you know, like there are tools, I think, but I don't necessarily think that's the end all be all. I'm just like, I think, yeah, I just think it's one of those things that if we don't even notice it, we sometimes see it in our partners maybe more than we see it in ourselves. Oh my gosh. Isn't that funny and true too? Like the mirror. I think sometimes social media, like obviously can serve a purpose and I'm saying social media really screen time, but it's what's the purpose? Am I doing this because I do need the mental detox for just 10, 15 minutes. And so I do love that set of timer on the front end. I think for me, it's it as much as I can speak and believe this and do this a lot, like watching the screen time and kind of freakishly self-aware and annoying state many moments of my life, the phone still will win. So for me, I eight o'clock at night, walk that sucker down the hallway and it goes face down by on airplane mode, face down by my bed every night. I say every night there's, you know, a weekend night here or there or something, but it, it is a choice when I'm kind of breaking my own rule. I like put that thing away 
I have seen evidence of this and I fall more behind on texting because, you know, there was a time when my my aim was at night is when after kids would go to bed, then I'll catch up on text. But again, it would just suck me in. And even as a self-aware person, I can't beat the dang phone. So I just put it away. We unplug our TVs certain periods when we know it's just, especially my six-year-old, he is just going to run and turn that thing on. And it's not that we don't allow it or it's just, I want it to be from a place of choice where it makes sense in the rhythm of the day or the weekend. Um, no, I think those are great strategies too, because like you said, as, as aware as we are, you know, you get sucked in. It is like a funnel and you just go further and further down. And I get so mad at myself too, when I'm like, oh, I just spent an hour. Are you kidding me? You know, I get so mad. And there's a lot of research too that shows those hours of the night, especially, you know, like after I put the kids to get it, it's, it's kind of a free for all for me, right? I get to work on whatever I want to work on. Well, when I spend an hour on my phone, I end up being so frustrated. Yeah, it's just, it's not healthy all around, I don't think. But there's also a lot of research, though, that shows that that screen time on your eyes, that close to bedtime also is is not producing good quality sleep, too. So, Yes, there is. I mean, the jury is out on that one. It's so real. And um, it breaks my heart because I think some of us think it's just an eye issue. It is absolutely messing with our rhythms, circadian and ultradian rhythms and impacting sleep and so even the idea of a sundown shutdown, that when the sun goes down, our screens go down with it, or institute a rule two hours before my aimed bedtime or my general bedtime, whatever that time is, put the stuff away. Um, for my six-year-old dude, his, and I bet lots of parents see this with their kids, there's like this beast that it comes out of my child when we turn off the TV. And neurologically, we know there's like a swing of chemicals that are happening. I mean, you just took crack away from an addict, essentially. That's kind of how it appears anyway. So media-free mornings, you know, just making sure. like So just knowing your family, knowing the rhythms, when it makes sense. And then on the flip side, use it as a connecting thing. So let's look up how do sharks breathe underwater? You know, let's go take a look at that. That was a funny question you just posed. We're going to bust out the screen or mm -hmm. family movie time. We're going to ritualize this a little bit with the popcorn and the orange juice or whatever the fun little things are that delight the fam and so it's not that, yeah, it's not that they're bad, but what do we need to do to kind of put those buffers around so that, as you said, Heidi, because I know I relate to that too, where we're like, oh my goodness, that was a stinking hour. Life lost on the screen. Like, what did I accomplish or do or, you know, and not that we always have to be in accomplishment mode, but then there's a guilt, right? right? Or the, as you said, a frustration. So then what's that doing to the gas tank? What's that doing to like our overall well being? So it might not be in the moment, but I kind of... We'll think about, again, as investing. How am I investing this time? What kind of return on my investment am I going to get if it's going to be – it put me in the red. I'm going to actually feel worse after this. Then why the heck am I going to engage to begin with? So just kind of asking that little question on the front end I think can be helpful. Yeah. I love those tips. I think those are really actionable too, that those are simple things that people can walk away from, whether it's this episode or, I mean, there's so many little things that once you are aware and you notice them, right? So once you get to the point of noticing them, I feel like it's easier to figure out what the action step is. And maybe that's just me speaking, but once you do the brain dump or once you kind of get something out of your head, you're more aware, you can start to see these actionable steps to be like, well, what does that actually mean? Or how do I actually take the next step? 
what are the things that are going to fuel my tank versus empty my tank? All of those things are just little pieces to the pie that eventually, when you add them together, you start to make more space for all of the joy and, you know, those things that bring us together as a family to even exist. Yeah. So another piece that I think, like I think about adventure, for example, and everyone, when you think about adventure, what the initial icon that comes to play is usually something that's hard. (laughs) And I, you know, like a mountain to climb or camping or like it feels like things are hard. Do you have any advice or insights? Like how do we help people see things from a perspective that are just easier, such as adventure as one example? I just am laughing because it's as human beings, if things are hard, we won't do them. Now, I don't mean the the climbing Mount Everest. That's hard. And we do that because there's something else in it for us. But there are just funny little quirks in working with people over the years. I'm sure you've experienced this too. But when people, when we have our own excuses or stories about things, it's often like a mini barrier. And right on the other side of that dang barrier is some opportunity or some like, okay, we'll get over it and spend the five minutes and then you'll be able to X. You know, just one thing that comes to mind is is you're talking about that. And I guess this I think about in our own life is for making things easy is get rid of crap you're not using around your space. I mean, your physical space when we have to go digging to get to the tent when there's so many steps to make something happen, and I'm not even talking some giant camping trip, but a little picnic at the park. If we have to do so much effort on the front end right there, we are our best Mm -hmm. excuse makers. And so, you know, and again, I come back to the energy. Like if I was already kind of on the brink of tired, not so feeling it, right? I don't, right. Then if all those little micro challenges are going to show up, I'm going to come up with, let's just picnic in the backyard today, which by the way, is also awesome and fun. So getting rid of stuff that we're not using, there are people who can use the stuff that you've been holding on to that you don't need, like get it out of your space and quit buying crap and quit buying stuff that's on sale to just be aware of how can we simplify, simplify the process, simplify our space so that when it's go time or when your kid looks at you and is like, let's go see if a watermelon floats in the pool, that there's not a lot of things that are going to get in the way where I can just go, heck yeah, let's go try that right now. I just have found that with more play and more creativity in the home, um, which obviously was especially relevant these past 14-ish months, um, that stuff gets in the way. And then we end up just make the stuff you want to be engaging with arms reach. Oh, that is so good. That is because seriously, I mean, I I was even thinking yesterday, my kids wanted to go golfing. This is just the perfect example. And like kids, if, if you're ever listening to this, like this is a strategy or partners, like if you're trying to get your partner on board, make it so easy for them to say yes, that it doesn't feel like it's work. My kids all put their golf clubs in my husband's truck and my husband scheduled a tea time. (laughs) Like it just was. So all I had to do was say yes. Like the adventure was already there and easy within reach. Like you said that it didn't, it wasn't that hard to just show up. How hard is it really to go jump in a golf cart with my kids and just have a good time in the afternoon? It's just so simple. If you keep it simple enough and put the things that you desire to be really within arm's reach and get rid of the stuff that's making it hard. Yes. Yeah. I love that story, that's, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Total brown nosers, right? <laughs> <laughs> it 
like, we know how we're going to get mom on board. (laughs) Exactly. Is there anything else that you expected me to ask or that you wanted to highlight that I did not ask you? There's only like one other little thought. And so just the idea of state changes, I think maybe you even asked a question. I could have answered this there, but about just snapping us back into the present when we're not aware. Yeah. Because I kind of caught myself even yesterday in that. And I think that, I don't know, when we can catch ourselves mid-moment, first of all, that's the best thing is just to catch ourselves not being present or in our head. I mean, we can't adventure from our head. We can't be in our life if we're in our head. And I, yesterday, we did a little um, quick day trip out to a creek that was less than two hours away that was dried up, (laughs) swimsuits and sunscreen packed. Anyway, no, we were able to go a bit further and find water, but we were hiking around and I could just tell I was so in my head about some work stuff. And I was sitting there like, dang it, like, enjoy this, enjoy this. So I'm breathing and just kind of trying to listen to the voices of my boys and the crunching of the leaves. And I, I absolutely was seriously hooked in my mind and not in it. And, but I could tell I had some angst. So anyway, I just was able to sort of ask myself like, what, just drill again, the drilling into what the heck has me sort of wigged out right now. And in looking at it, I was like, okay. And I just kept taking this little situation of step further, step further, basically going like taking to the worst case scenario. What is the worst case scenario? What that, what are my fears about this? Like imagine that they all happened so I was I just actually paused and sort of addressed the stress. I took the fear to the I just sort of wrestled it to the mat, right? Like really played it out and it was so ridiculous. And so I was able to just pretend like client's going to fire me. I'm going to sound like the biggest idiot in the world. No one's going to like me. I'm going to fail people. And I just was able to go, okay, cool. And that for me I was able to sort of let it go. You know, so how to catch it, I don't always know. I can just tell when I'm not fully in the present, but having those, you know, the question for me is what's the worst case scenario with something or just the state changes that I need to reset, be it a song or a mantra, or, you know, just again, remembering why we're here kind of things to bring me back into the moment. And such a good reminder of why we're doing the things we're doing. You know, it's so easy to get off on what we think of and what's in our head. But you said something earlier too, like be where your feet are, be where your feet are. And yes, great insights. If people wanted to follow you or connect with you, Jennifer, what is the best way for them to do that? Hit me up on LinkedIn. (laughs) And I don't know, is there a big address in that LinkedIn and put in my name, (laughs) Jennifer Bride, (laughs) B-R-I-E-D. Perfect. Yeah. I'll put that link right in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. It is such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for taking this time for all of my listeners to get inside your head for a little bit. It has been such a game changer for me. And I feel blessed to have had you come in my life and help me really find this space. Actually, Ordinary Sherpa is grateful for you showing up in my life, too, because we probably wouldn't exist. Oh, my gosh. Not. Yeah. Thank you for those beautiful words. And Heidi, you are just a rock star of goodness. So thank you. Seriously, I loved this conversation. There are so many good nuggets in there. So I'm going to highlight 10. I have 10 key takeaways for you today. Number one, what are we saying yes to? If the ROI of that is fueling you with joy and memories and connection, then of course, go all in. But what if it's not? 
If that's the case, it's time to rethink why are you saying yes? Why are you giving freely of your time to something that you don't necessarily believe in? Number two, white space is where the magic happens. This is where you can show up and be in it. As amazing as that sounds, it also can be really uncomfortable too. Jennifer shared the story of doing the work at her in-law's house and having her boys be a part of a big project, which was extremely powerful. However, if she had plans that day, she would have been an interstate of anxiety and need to do the next scheduled thing. Give yourself permission to keep some unscheduled time in your calendar for both you and the kids. Number three, get the surface level things out of your head and then double click into what are the open loops? What decisions do you need to make? What are you wondering about? What are you fearing? Getting those things out of your head, it's not it's more than a to-do list. Figure out where those open loops are and bring some closure to them. We are so full of stuff that the normal state is reaction. A simple four-minute brain dump can be such a cleansing way to not only release the thoughts, but also the emotional response. Without really having the clarity about what's swirling around in our heads, we can get bogged down. We can get stuck. Releasing those things and getting them out of our head is a really awesome way to be intentional about what is normal. What am I making the space for? Number five, what are your wildest dreams? What do you want to do? What do you want to feel? What do you want to experience? If this feels like you don't even know where to start, get beyond the fluff. Don't shut up for a while. Go to a dark closet. Go to a place that's quiet and just get things out on paper. Take away all the constraints and just allow yourself to dream. If you want to put a plan behind it, think about what do you want the next five years to be? What do you want to feel? And feeling is one of the most critical things to designing this next step. Number six, what are the micro moment energy builders? And when those don't work, what's going to be your hydro boost? It's been a year, parents. You need some time. And we all are still on a frizzy of a lot of reaction mode. So give yourself the time and the energy and the space to refuel your batteries. Number seven, be where your feet are. Number eight, simplify your space and make the stuff we desire to be easily accessible and within reach. Number nine, keep in mind the mental state changes that we experience. As Jennifer alluded to, she had an experience where she was struggling with something at work. She finally had to just go to the worst case scenario and wrestle it to the ground so that she could get back to where her feet were. Number 10, want to practice being aware and finding these micro moments? Consider joining the Everyday Adventure Fall Challenge. It's a great first step to dip your toe into the realm of simple adventure and lifestyle design. To register, head to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash challenge. I hope you found value from this show. I hope you are excited about joining us on this journey. But until next time, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. 
subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure. So I was, I just actually paused and sort of addressed the hooker, the stress, not the hooker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Addressed> the hook. <laughs> um, oh my gosh.